As Christians, we love to sing. Well, this morning I'm going to talk about a passage that has a song connected to it. But uh, as we think about favorite, beloved songs this morning, I wanted to just have a little participatory kind of thing to get us warmed up a little bit this morning. And so as I think of songs that we know as Christians super, super well, um, that you could say maybe one or two words to, that everybody could jump right in, um, I want to just see if you guys can do that. So I'm going to say two words, and then you guys just finish the next phrase of the song. Got it? Can you, can you help me with that? Okay, we'll start real simple. Amazing grace, how sweet. All right, that's, a, that's obviously maybe one of the most beloved songs. Let's try this one. Come thou fount of every... I didn't start that one just well. Okay, one more here. Jesus loves me, I know. All right, this last one connects to our passage and why I'm kind of getting us warmed up. And I, this is a fun one, and, and maybe we'll sing it a little bit longer just because we love it. Zacchaeus was a little man, wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to. So we're going to stop there. We've got to stop there. That song, right, it's one of the most beloved songs. And this morning, we get the joy to look at that story in Scripture. We've, we've grown up, if we grew up in the church, right, that's a song that we knew. Uh, and, but here's the thing about that song. It's great, but it just misses the real heartbeat behind the, the passage. And that's what I'm excited for us to do this morning, is to be able to see the best part. It's just like, you know, when you read a book and, and you're like, wow, that was amazing. And then you go to the movie and you're just like, they cut out all the good stuff, or they cut out characters, and you're upset. Well, it's kind of the same thing with Zacchaeus' song. We know it, we're familiar with it, but the word is so much better. And so we're going to go into the text this morning and really dig into this powerful, beloved, remarkable story and see how God is the God that came to save lost sinners, and his grace is for all people. He came to seek and to save the lost. And so I want to invite you to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 19. And uh, in our time together, um, as you're turning there, in our time together, I want to zero in onto the three main characters that are in this text. In this story, we're going to meet three people. Of course, we're going to meet Zacchaeus, this tax collector, this sinner who needs the grace of God. We're going to meet a crowd, a crowd that grumbles at, 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 this, at, at Zacchaeus meeting with Jesus. And finally, we get to meet our Savior. That's the best part of the story. We get to meet Jesus. So we're going to meet with Zacchaeus, a sinner, the crowd who are self-righteous, and Jesus, who's um, our Savior. And so together, these characters point to this radical scandal of the gospel that God came to save lost people. But also in this story, what I really want to draw out with you this morning is we're going to see that there's two types of lost people in this story. There's two types of lost people, and I really want to look at, at the different types this morning. We're going to see people who are lost, and they know it. They know deep down down inside there's something that they're missing or there's, there's a sin in their lives. And then we're going to see a different type of people, that they're lost and they don't even know it. And so well, let's start by reading the word and then we'll, we'll pray and dig right in. So uh, Luke chapter 19, let's um, hear the word of the Lord this morning. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on the count of the crowd, he could not, because he was small in stature. And he, so he ran on ahead, and he climbed up a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up 
and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus told, stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for your holy word this morning. And Lord, as we walk through it, Lord, we pray you'd bring alive the the great news of the gospel, your grace that you pursue lost sinners like Zacchaeus. Lord, I pray that I would just be a conduit of that grace, Lord, as we look at the different types of people that are lost and as we seek to understand how the gospel is for all people. Lord, thank you for this morning and just be here by your Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, let's uh, start by looking at our first character, Zacchaeus, of course, right here in the beginning, all right? So let's look at this uh, verse number two. We jump right in, and we're going to ask the question, who's Zacchaeus? And, and specifically ask the question is, what type of lost person was Zacchaeus? And so as many of us know already, tax collectors were fiercely kind of hated and despised in, in the Israel culture of that day. They were considered kind of scum of society, outcasts, social outcasts. Why? Well, they, they worked with the Roman uh, occupiers. They worked for the government of Rome to collect taxes in, uh, from the Jewish people. And so the Jewish people considered these tax collectors traitors. But not only that, what made them hate it is that they made their living by ex- extorting more tax money beyond what Rome was asking. So here's how it worked. The way it worked is the Romans would tell these tax collectors, here's what you need to bring in for us. And then anything you make on top of that, you could keep for yourself. And so tax collectors became infamous for oppressing the people, for greater taxes, even beyond what the Romans were asking to make themselves rich. Thing is, there was no rules. And so the people, they were powerless to do anything. So as you can imagine, that's why people hated these tax collectors, right? We would too. But if being a tax collector wasn't despised enough, Zacchaeus was a different type of tax collector. He was a chief tax collector. What that means is he likely was the head of several regions of tax collectors, which made him even more ruthless and infamous. And so it's hard to overemphasize this morning what Luke is trying to convey to us is Zacchaeus was a bad man. He wasn't liked at all with the people. And he, he was corrupt. He, he kind of extorted people for more money and he colluded with the government to uh, make himself rich. And so it got me thinking for a moment, like in our modern world, who, who's a person that maybe is like Zacchaeus? Somebody that's wealthy, maybe short, uh, maybe just a polarizing figure that kind of works for the government. So I thought, you know, somebody wealthy, maybe Elon Musk, and like, oh, no, he doesn't really work for the government. Maybe some people like him. I don't know. Who's maybe short? Kind of thought of Joe Rogan. I don't know if you know Joe Rogan. He's a really short guy. But then I thought somebody that's maybe polarizing, that people maybe don't like very much, that works for the government. And I, I kind of thought about um, Dr. Fauci. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I want to be careful here. Dr. Fauci seeks to try to do his best to protect us from viruses. But let's be honest. He's a polarizing figure, right? And he, he, he works for the government. But Zacchaeus was like that in his day, very polarizing, very much people didn't really like who he is and what he did because he worked for the government in order to take money from the people. And so here's the point. Culturally, Zacchaeus was was hated just 
was, was not liked. He, he was kind of an outcast, a sinner. And the people of his day didn't really think that he deserved anything, really. And when Jesus now, as we're going to see in a moment, comes to meet with him, the, cult, the, 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 the crowd was not happy about that. But let's go on and we're going to look at a couple more things about Zacchaeus in this verse. So Luke shares a little bit more about this man. So let's look with me in verses 3 and 4. And this is interesting. And so verse 3 says this, And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on the count of the crowd, he could not, because he was small in stature. So he ran. He ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. So here we see Luke give some interesting actions of this man named Zacchaeus, this tax collector. And so what do we see is that he was seeking. What was he seeking? Well, he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But the crowd became this obstacle, and so he, he ran ahead. He ran ahead, and he was, uh, he was determined. He was super determined because he wanted to meet Jesus. But let's stop there for a moment. He ran. Here's the thing to understand about that culture is people of Zacchaeus' status did not run in, in public. That would have been incredibly humiliating. People would have laughed. Look at Zacchaeus running. They didn't do that. And so by Luke sharing, by Zacchaeus doing that action of running, Zacchaeus is showing that he, he's okay with being laughed at. For him, the goal is to see Jesus, and he's fine with, with, with running, risking, being humiliated and laughed at. But then the text goes on to say, not only does he run, but he climbs up a sycamore tree. And so here's the thing we see again as well. He's determined to see Jesus. But similar to running, and maybe even more so, climbing a tree is not something that, that a person like Zacchaeus did. It's something that children did. Grown men did not climb a tree, especially a, a man of power and status like Zacchaeus. And so what Luke is saying here is that Zacchaeus, this man of great wealth and power, he's willing to be laughed at, to be ridiculed, to be humiliated in order to see Jesus. And so Luke's descriptions here reveal a man that's seeking something. They reveal a man that, that, as we know, Zacchaeus had everything. He had all the money and power that he wished, but there's something deep in his heart that he was longing for. Well, when you think about what his life was like, maybe it explains it. As Zacchaeus, as I, we were sharing earlier, as a tax collector, he was a social outcast. He wasn't able to go to the synagogue because he was breaking all the rules, of, uh, uh, commands of the, of the law. And so he was rejected in his life. And so deep down, I think ultimately this man wanted to be loved. He wanted to be known. He had everything in the world to offer, but yet he still was searching. And so here we see that happening as he's searching to see and to know Jesus. And so in Zacchaeus, in Zacchaeus I think we see this first type of lost person this morning as we see that he knows that he is lost. He knows that he had, had broken the law. He knows he's rejected out of the synagogue, but yet he's searching for something and he's, he, he knows he, he needs more. And so let's continue on in the story. In this next verse, we're going to then meet the Savior. This is, this is great. Yeah, so let's look on at verse 5. Zacchaeus' determination is pays off. But here now we get to the next character. Verse 5, it says this. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So here the story takes a shift. Notice what happens here. Previously, Zacchaeus was a central character uh, in the story, but now Jesus takes center stage. And so Jesus becomes the actor of the story. Let's, let's look at what actions Luke describes here. And the first action is that Jesus looks up. 
Jesus sets his eyes on Zacchaeus. Now, we were told earlier, right, that Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, but I don't think Zacchaeus was expecting that Jesus was going to see him. And so can you imagine what Zacchaeus must have felt like at that moment to see Jesus looking him right in the eye? I'm sure his heart might have stopped. And I was thinking to myself, don't we all dream for that one day? To be able to see Jesus face to face? I can't wait for that day. But here, in this day, Jesus got to have Zacchaeus got to have Jesus look right at him. So that's the first thing we notice is that Jesus stops and he looks Zacchaeus right in the eye. And the second thing we see is this. The next thing Jesus does is, I think, even more stunning. Jesus calls out Zacchaeus by name. If looking up to him didn't stop his heart, Jesus now says, Zacchaeus. Now, I don't know about you, but at that moment, I think I might have fallen out of the tree, right? I mean, to have Jesus not only look at you, but then have Jesus look at you and know and call your name, it would have been amazing. We all know that to have someone call your name, it's, that's special. But just think about Zacchaeus for a moment. His name was not real, as a tax collector, must have been used in very uh, hatred ways, right? I mean, people, can you imagine how people said Zacchaeus' name? Zacchaeus! You crook! I hate you! But here Jesus comes, and I had a different tone. Jesus comes to Zacchaeus, and he says, Zacchaeus, come, I need to meet with you. And so Jesus is calling him out, and I think what happens here is the start of Jesus seeking him out in his desire to save him, this loss to Zacchaeus. It's remarkable. But if that wasn't enough, we see one more action that Jesus is going to do with Zacchaeus. And so lastly, what do we see here in our text? Lastly, Jesus tells Zacchaeus to hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house. Now, if it wasn't shocking enough for Zacchaeus to be able to have Jesus look him in the eye, and then call out his name. Now Jesus wants to meet with him, wants to go to his house. And he didn't say, he didn't, you know, say, hey, is it okay if I come to your house? Jesus says, I must come to your house. Now, can you imagine the jolt to, 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 this, to this poor man that, to be able to have Jesus that he's seeking to see, now saying, I want to meet with you. I want to be with you. And so we see what happens as Jesus is initiating this, this relationship, this meeting with Zacchaeus, is that Zacchaeus cannot resist. It's irresistible. And so what do we see in verse 6? Right away it says Zacchaeus hurries up and he comes down and he receives Jesus, Jesus joyfully. And so all this to say is this. In Luke's description here, we see very clearly that Jesus here in verse 5 is taking the initiation to Zacchaeus. And Jesus is looking up, he's calling by him by name, and he's saying, I'm going to meet with you. And so why is this important? Because here's the thing, make no mistake, Jesus initiates salvation in Zacchaeus' life here and in our life here, in our lives today. Jesus is sovereign in initiating salvation for all of us. Zacchaeus was lost and dead in his sin, but Jesus saw him and said, I am going to save and to seek him and to bring salvation to his life. And so we see this all throughout Scripture. I thought of a few verses that just, just emphasize this initiation that God does in salvation, electing us and calling us. And here's a couple verses that, uh, great verses. Ephesians 1.5 says, He chose us, speaking of God, God chose us. In him, before the foundation of the world, Jesus says in John fifteen sixteen, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to bear fruit, much fruit. And then later on, or earlier in John 6, Jesus says this, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. 
So all this to say is, is that God, Jesus, was coming to initiate and to do a rescue mission in the life of Zacchaeus. There's many more scriptures that teach this, but the point is, is that God initiates, God calls, and God elects here in this passage and in our lives today. And that's the good news of the gospel is that there's nothing in us, but God chooses to come and sovereignly reach out his grace to all of us, and he does to Zacchaeus as well. So what do we see in our story so far? We've got Zacchaeus, a tax collector, lost, dead in his sin, living for himself, but seeking and knowing that there's something more seeing that he's broken. And so God begins to draw Zacchaeus to himself and he calls him by name. He initiates this grace towards him. Zacchaeus was curious to see Jesus, but Jesus, far more than that, was wanted to see Zacchaeus. Because as Luke makes clear at the end of the story, ultimately, Jesus is on a rescue mission for Zacchaeus. That he's a son of man. He came to seek and to save the lost. And so those are the characters we see so far. I want to move ahead and look at the next character in our story. So, we've, so far, we've got Zacchaeus. He's lost and he knows it. We've met a Savior, Jesus. He's seeking to then now meet with Zacchaeus. And so we come to one main character in the story. And let me read um, uh, the, the crowd, right? And so think about it. How's the crowd going to respond? And so I thought, you know, this would be great if the crowd responded this way. And when the crowd saw this, they all rejoiced. Isn't it wonderful to see the grace of God towards a lost sinner like Zacchaeus? Wouldn't have been great if the crowd just felt that way. That's how we should feel, right? But look at how the crowd actually responds. Verse 7 says this, And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. The crowd was outraged. They were disgusted because the crowd felt, you know what, no self-respecting Jew would ever pollute themselves by spending time and going to the house of a man like Zacchaeus. The crowd was looking to Jesus thinking, are you the Messiah? They were wondering, are you going to be the one that turns over the, the Roman occupiers and, and oppressors in our, in our life? But here you are, you're defiling yourself by spending time with this man, this sinner that's not even worthy of our, our attention. And so what happened here is that in Jesus in doing this, he went against everything that was a part of, of the religious people and the crowd that day. They were disgusted so much they said he's gone to be this guest of this sinner. Now herein lies the problem. The crowd is equally lost in their sin, but they don't know it yet. The crowd is lost in their self-righteousness. So what is self-righteousness? Self-righteousness is one's confidence in your own righteousness as full or partial basis for your salvation. A self-righteous person sees themselves as superior to anyone who does not measure up to their standards. And here's the thing, self-righteousness righteousness is an enemy to the gospel because self-righteousness causes us and causes someone not to trust in the work of the cross, not to see their need for a savior, but to trust in their own good works, the things that they're doing to somehow have, a, have earned or have find favor with a holy God. But self-righteousness is a sin in itself. Early, just one chapter earlier, Jesus warns against this, this uh, sin of self-righteousness. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus shares a, sim- a, familiar, a similar story that really just kind of uh, mirrors the story that we're looking at here. And it's a story of two lost people. But listen to how the one lost, this one lost group, Jesus says, um, comes to him. Luke 18 verse 9, 
Jesus also told this parable or story to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Jesus goes on to say, Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a day. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Listen to what Jesus says. I tell you, this man, not the other, went home justified. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus' par- parable in that story mirrors what we're seeing here in Zacchaeus' story. Two lost groups of people, one that knows it and one that doesn't know it. Was Zacchaeus lost? He absolutely was lost. But he saw, and God was stirring in his heart a humility to see that he was lost and that he needed something. But the, the, but the, the crowd, though, they were on dangerous territory. They were lost as well, but they didn't see it. They were lost in their self-righteousness. And so Jesus warns against this type of sin. And he, it's, a, it's a, what will keep us from the gospel if we don't identify it in our own lives this morning. So there's an earlier story in Luke that really highlights, again, Jesus' heart and his, his, his heart against this type of behavior. And so listen to Luke 5 and read, read with me. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling like we have a crowd in this story as well. And they said, why do you eat? And drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not to come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And so as we see these lost people in this story, Zacchaeus models for us a man who's lost and knows that he needs, is in need of a Savior. And Jesus is going to come to him, as, as we see here, and he invites him into his home, and he meets with him. And Jesus is extending and initiating his saving grace, but the crowd uh, is, is very different. So look with me of, of how now Jesus saves this man, Zacchaeus, and what he does. And so we see the response. We see the response of God's saving grace extended to Zacchaeus in verse 8. This is amazing. Look at, look at the repentance of, G, of Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus stood... And said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Here's the vital truth this morning. is that Christianity, the Bible, it doesn't separate people between good people and bad people. Christianity separates people and the Bible separates people between humble people and proud people. Humble people that see that they're broken in the need of a Savior and proud people, they don't see the need of Jesus. And James 4, 6 emphasizes then what, how God sees those two types of groups. It says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so our story today closes with what Jesus came to do, the beautiful ending of this story and why he came to earth. This beautiful announcement of what his life was about, his life and his mission. And so we see at the end this, this wonderful testament of Jesus saying what this story is about and what he came to do for us all. And Jesus said to Zacchaeus, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus announces his mission. He came, he came to rescue lost people. He came to seek and to save lost people. 
Zacchaeus knew that he was lost. He knew that he needed a Savior. He knew that he needed righteousness outside of himself. And therefore, Jesus came for him. And so as we started, we, we, as I mentioned, there was, there's two types of lost people that we need to look at in, in our own lives, examine. People who are lost and they know it. They have humility to see that they're a sinner and they're in need of God's grace. And people who are lost and don't see it. So Zacchaeus knew it, as we saw, and Jesus met him. He met him with his love and his grace, and Zacchaeus' life gets changed from the inside out. But we have a crowd that doesn't see it. And they leave then in their self-righteousness, upset that that God would spend time with a sinner like Zacchaeus. And so I want to ask all of us this question this morning, is who who are we today? Are we like Zacchaeus? Do we see that there's sin in our lives, that we're lost, that we need a Savior? Or are we, are we like the crowd, thinking that, you know, maybe we're good enough? So if we're like Zacchaeus, you know, we, we, maybe we see, maybe we don't have the sins like Zacchaeus has, these big, uh, big sins that, as a tax collector might have, but we see our own little sins. We see this respectable sins of our life like pride or gossip, impatience, discontentment, a critical spirit. Those are just to name a few or are we more like the crowd, living with a self-righteousness that, that you know what, there's, we're confident in who we are. We're pleased with where we're at in our faith. You know, we're not doing anything real bad. We're pretty good people. Well, here's another question for us to consider. Is when is the last time you were deeply broken at something you did, thought, or said? Let me say that again. When was the last time that you were deeply broken at something you did, you thought, or you said? Well, if you can't remember the last time you were broken, maybe there's a problem. I don't, you know, if I can just confess with, for myself at a moment, as a pastor, I struggle with self-righteousness myself. It's easy for me to be like, you know what, I, I'm a pastor, I'm doing all these right things, I'm helping people, I'm doing this and that as a pastor. I've given my life for you, God. But yet not to see when I go home, my tone with my family, how I treat my, my children or my wife, how I have a critical spirit or a judgmental heart towards another person. And so I'm like the crowd, if I'm honest, as I look at my life, there's self-righteousness. And that's what God needs to root out in my own life. And I think that's, that's a danger for all of us as church people to think, you know what? We're not like this Zacchaeus person. We're pretty good. But self-righteousness, as we see in the story, keeps us from the grace that God has for us in Jesus And so as we close this morning, I I just want to share one amazing thing. The good news for all of us to to hear this morning is that Jesus came for the self-righteous and he came for sinners. Both of them are sin. Both of them need the grace of God. But whether we have sins of self-righteousness or sins of, of breaking God's law, the grace of the gospel is extended for us all. And so I'm, I want to encourage all of us to look at our hearts this morning and say, who are we? Do we see our lostness? Do we see that maybe there's some self-righteousness in our life that we need to confess and repent of? Do we see the sins of our life, maybe even respectable sins, that we need to, like Zacchaeus, see that we need forgiveness for as well? And so my encouragement for us as we think about this story is to pursue the Lord and to be able to receive his mercy wherever we're at, whatever lostness category we are in, and and the grace of God would just change us from the inside out like it did Zacchaeus. Well, let me pray uh, for you this morning as we wrap up. Lord, thank you for this morning. And Lord, um, thank you for this story. And Lord, I know we, we mentioned uh, Dr. Fauci earlier, but Lord, we pray for him. Lord, we pray that we wouldn't be so self-righteous that, that a person like him needs Jesus as well. We don't know where he's at, but he's made in your image and you love him. We pray for all people in our lives, Lord, that we wouldn't be like the crowd 
that when your grace and your love is extended, that we would rejoice and be thankful. And so, Lord, we pray right now, whatever, wherever we're at in our lives, that we will be able to look and say, do we need Jesus? That we would look to your word and be able to spend time with you and you would just change us from the inside out. Thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for the story. Thank you for the truth that Jesus came to seek and to save people who know that they're lost. And I pray, the Lord, that we would, we would receive him and accept him and allow him to come in our lives and to root out the lostness that we have today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.